Hello and welcome to another episode of General Nerds the podcast from Shield Wall Productions where we talk about anything, oh, generally nerdy. And on this episode we have myself, John. And Jacob. Yes, and we are continuing our D&D tear with the, uh, what makes a good blank. Yeah. It's not on purpose. It's easy and it makes good podcasts. It's not easy. Well, no, it isn't. We sit here. We like, have to think and everything. I know. And that's the hardest part. For me. Uh, so on this episode today, we, I mean, we've talked about, you know, how to build a world, how to, you know, make a good campaign, but we haven't talked about the nitty gritties of map level dungeon design, you know, because at some point, whether or not you're playing pen and paper, you're playing tabletop, the DM needs to make some sort of map for the players to interact in. Yes. You can only describe things so well before your players are asking, wait, it's a red door on this side of the room or this side of the room? Yes, left to right, left to right is important. <laughs> yeah. So what generally makes it pretty easy is drawing up a simple map, or if you want to go a little bit more complex... Spill some coffee. Spill some coffee. <laughs> but, I mean, it can be hard coming up with a new map. Yes. Um, I usually take a lot of references, Um for example, like in the Dark Heresy campaign, I was looking up battles of World War One and World War Two for like troop positions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can always have resources to kind of help, you know, go past this uh, map drawers block. Yeah. Because much like writing good story, you will come across a lot of blocks of like, oh my God, how do I want to do this? And everything I draw looks terrible. Yeah. Unless, you know... You're like my friend John, who can just seem to draw a map every other session, because every other session we comment on how it looks like a penis or something like that, and <laughs> he has to redraw it, because now he can't unsee it. And just, oh, God damn it. He's had to redraw several islands, because we're like, huh, you know what that kind of looks like? He's like, no, don't you fucking dare. I don't want to redraw this again. I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> uh, fun times. Yes. And whatever is easiest for the DM, like, some people draw better with pen and paper, some people draw better using, like, Photoshop or MS Paint, you know, put the lines <laughs> down. <laughs> yes, some people are really good with MS Paint, Jacob. Hey, I mean, don't knock MS Paint. Uh, fuck, the big live show is fully animated in MS Paint. Okay. It looks pretty good. Sure. But, I mean, it's... It's difficult to kind of get the bases down. So there's there's a lot of ways you can, you know, figure out how to draw a good map. I've been one to uh, take stains on a napkin mm -hmm. and trace them and be like, holy shit, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's other resources like world generators and stuff where you can generate a full world. Yeah. And, you know, you can look at the continents and be like, oh, my God, that, that looks more natural. Because that's the hardest part is, you know, as people, when we, you know, the main map we're familiar with is the map of the Earth. So we kind of want to imitate it, but that can be hard to do. You know, you don't want just one massive island in the center of the map where you're like, oh, my God, this looks completely unoriginal. Right. So it can be hard to overcome that initial writer's block but or map drawer's block. But once you do, it becomes a lot easier. Cartographer's to fill in the, block. Yeah. Cartographer's block. On the note of cartographer, uh, cartographers, um, campaign cartographer is a great resource if you want to draw like more professionally looking maps for your campaign. 
Um, it's a little like plug for the company, but they're great. I've been using them for a while and they have amazing software with like samples and stuff that you can make a kind of cool looking map with. Nice. Yeah, you can do the whole effect where it looks like, you know, it's tattered paper or stuff like that. Right. You can, there's different, you know, uh, styles that you can go into. Mm. And it's pretty nice. But, you know, after, you know, you build the world map, then you need to start filling it with, like, cities. And you'll need city maps and city designs. And I think it's pretty complicated. As far as the, both just street layout as well yeah. as the architecture you want to look at. For what these cities should be kind of reflected with in the air and the atmosphere you want these cities to give your players. Exactly. Friendly reminder, um, you don't want to go off like a complete grid system because if you've ever been to a city, they look horrible when you're trying to look at the streets and side roads and stuff like that. Yes. Easiest way to make a good city is to not build a good city. Right. If you get what I mean. So, like... <laughs> Don't make the layout clean and, you know, it's not like a Roman city where, you know, you have blocks with set roads and stuff like that. A lot of cities past, like, the Roman Empire building them looked horrible with, like, how their streets turn and curve. Yeah, and... twisty, turvy, you know, like that sort of thing, sure. Yeah, so that's a great way to, you know, make your city look a little bit more lived in is, you know, don't have everything, you know, this block is this building, this block is this building. And, you know, everything's at nice 90 degree angles because we live in the real world where it doesn't look like that. No, <laughs> not symmetry isn't the thing. Take Chicago, for example, where, Ugh. you know, we, we have a section of highway called the spaghetti bowl. Yep. And it feels like it. Yes. Oh my God. It's just the loop we're talking about here. Um, right past O'Hare, where there's all those, like, roads that curve. And yep, oh, God, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, 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 yep. Where to get one where you might have to, like, go into the right lane, and then switch all the way over to the left lane, and then, yeah. Witness me! Uh, and, and you know, as as someone who's creating a world, you'd be like, oh, no, I wouldn't want that, like, like that in my world and it's like well you gotta understand people build things as a monument to our stubbornness <laughs> people build things and then they die and then people try to figure out why they built it but they don't so they just keep repairing it yes <laughs> we don't know why this is here but we just know that we keep if we keep repairing it, it'll stay here but well if we don't want it here we have to keep repairing it okay and if you ever need to decide like why why would the road curve this much there's that one person who wouldn't sell his house Yes. Yes. Yep. There's always one. Yeah, there's always one. And then you're like, God damn it, now we have to build a section of highway that curves completely around it. There's a lot of prop properties in Chicago where that happened. Yeah. Where it's like, nope, we're not selling the property. God fucking damn it. Life doesn't always imitate art. Sometimes art can imitate life. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... You, you can make a flawed, like, city design that looks really good because, you know... It feels lived in. It feels lived in. And that's the And it all depends on the manner of the culture of the city that built... Of the people who built that city or that built that residence, whatever. Yeah. And the kind of atmosphere you're trying to give. So if you're trying to give kind of, you know, this kind of old medieval England sort of feel, you know, have the, the buildings kind of, you know, slope, be very tall but narrow and kind of slope and lean in over each other. Yeah. So it's kind of forms its own little artificial canopy where it's, they're just looming over you. It's like, yep, that'll do it. 
Or if you want to make, like, a really good slums, look at, like, real-world examples of, like, where Brazil, they all have, like, the buildings built on top of the, the buildings. The favelas, yeah. Yeah, and that that looks awesome as a player going into that, like, campaign. It's less awesome for the people who live there, Jacob. Yeah. But, I mean, for, like, you know, taking from real-world examples. Or if yes. you're trying to do, there's, there's a lot of examples of, like, cities being built on top of cities where you can have the catacombs. Yeah. Because, I mean, look in Rome where the catacombs, you know, it's old Rome. Yeah. And I take inspiration for that for, like, uh, my 40k like hive city designs of you know the city is piled on top of each other a big yep. old city urban lasagna exactly i'm hungry <laughs> so a lot like as i've gone over a ton in this campaign you know consume a lot of media look at a lot of cool designs and stuff from other you know works and other mediums and again there's a reason he's called the grandfather of all modern fantasy is especially D D. <laughs> Tolkien. Yeah. Look at the way he describes his the cities in his books. Or even better, go and watch the behind the scenes making of for Lord of the Rings, and it'll show you how they got the different feels for all these different places, atmosphere wise and architecturally, and it'll have a good starting point for your own like a good jumping off point for your own campaigns, I guarantee yeah. you. Like the modern of all the father of all modern fantasy for a reason. Yeah. And then, you know, once you get past the city building itself. Then you have your dungeon design. Yes. Because, you know, at some point, what I've found is your players are going to want to go into every single goddamn building in your city at some point. Mm -hmm. It's a square. Moving on. It's a square. Moving on. Yeah. So, at that point, you know, you can have buildings with more complex layouts and basements and sewers. And then you, uh, if, you know, if you need something on the fly, literally just add a couple pieces of furniture inside the building. That's pretty much what most buildings are is yeah a couple pieces of furniture and a lot of open walking space yeah pretty much ideally or if you're going into the old medieval like peasant buildings you know you can always have like a bed and a fireplace and that's kind of and a table yeah and that's it yep what that's do we need it. chairs for yeah and if your players ask why they don't have chairs just say chairs are for pe or chairs are for winners yep and you can sit in the blue chair <laughs> but it's honestly what i've found a lot with dungeon design is i just throw stuff on the paper or on my map designer until it looks big enough because a lot of times you're just gonna have twisty narrow turny things that are just there to make you know your Set players dressing. live uh your players' characters' lives, you know, difficult. Right. Why is there a corner here? So you can't shoot around it. Pretty much. Yeah. Why not? Because a big open dungeon, that's easy, you know. Get range, shoot at everything. But, you know, when you have to go 10 feet away from something before you see it and shoot it, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And, you know, you can use assets like Roll20, and I constantly go over Roll20, but... Like, it has a fog of war system, which I is I tag nice. them in every single one of these podcasts when it yeah. goes up on Instagram. Just roll 20. Roll 20. Yep. But, you know, roll 20 has a fog of war system, which is really nice for hiding, like, the rest of your map from your players. Yep. If you're doing, like, sit down with everyone, you can use, like, sheets of paper to cover, like, construction paper to cover up parts of the map so they can't see it. Yep. Um, I, for pen and paper, sometimes 
I won't even describe, like, if they're going through a sewer and it's pitch black down there, I won't have any sort of map. They're just, I'm explaining what's directly in front of them. Because that's all they'll ever be able to see. Yeah. Which, it's it's all about how you want to do your immersion. Yeah. I've done campaigns where I have drawn, like, maybe one small dungeon. And I only draw it on the spot when they need help, you know, it's uh, need a little bit of visual help. Mm-hmm. And I've done campaigns where I've drawn literally everything because that's what the players like more. So it's all about, you know, kind of getting a gauge for what your party likes. Yeah. And then building from there. Yeah. And there is pros and cons to dungeon, to um, pen and paper and tabletop itself. Yeah. Um, you know, pen and paper allows for a lot more narrative flair and you're, you don't have, you have a whole lot of limits. Yeah. It's whatever the con- imagination can conjure. But then it also does come down to the GM or DM being good at narrative flair. Yeah. And, I mean, at the same time, like, you can explain something all you want, but sometimes it's just hard to grasp, like, the dimensions of a room or... Mm-hmm. This room is huge. Immensely huge. You cannot conceive of just how fucking big this cavernous space is. How big is it? Fucking Big. You ever been in the middle of a convention center after eating Taco Bell six hours ago and you need to find a bathroom? That's how big it is. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. Yeah. 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 Slight tangent. You know, like, how long is, you know, how long is this stretch of road? You ever had truck stop Taco Bell? And you see a next rest stop 20 miles ahead sign and it was 10 minutes ago? That's how long the road is. <laughs> That was a really long drive between here and Cincinnati. Let me tell you, though, I left a ghost, not a crime scene. (laughs) There's a tree in Indiana that will never be the same. Sir, there's a whole stretch of highway bathrooms that will never be the same. Uh, I know exactly where each and every one of those were because I had to stop at each and every single one of them. Never, 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 ever get truck stop Taco Bell. Or truck stop parties. Anyway. (laughs) So, I mean... At the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of different paths you can take for map design. I've heard of DMs making their players draw their own maps. Yeah. Like, he describes the world. Yeah. Yeah, you don't don't have a map. There's no cartographers in this world who've made maps. And if there are, they're super expensive and used by the military. Mm -hmm. So, uh, have fun making your own maps. Yeah. And your players have to rely on you as a map maker. Yeah. Fellow players have to rely on you as a map maker. Yeah. Yeah. And then our map maker's dead. And then there's some parties where, you know, you don't even need to give them a map because they're not even going to follow it. They're just going to keep being murder hobos until something (laughs) happens. Wandering around, lighting small fires, committing small fires, (laughs) lighting fires, (laughs) committing arson and murder and possibly genocide. Probably genocide. No matter what they kill, they're going to search the body. Yeah. Ah, uh, murder hobos. <laughs> that is still one of my... They're not going to search it. They're going to loot it. Yeah. Take everything. If it's not nailed down, you take it. If it is nailed down, get a crowbar. <laughs> uh, you're starting to sound like the uh, the bloody magpies. <laughs> yeah? Uh, stealing everything that's nailed down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this has purity seals on it. It looks important. Take it. <laughs> Hey, this looks like an Eldar weapon. Let's take it. Seriously. But, so, with map design, overall, it's it's a it's a skill you have to practice. Like everything, 
practice, 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 practice. Because even for me, I hate building maps. It is like I can do dungeons, cities I can sort of do. But you did three square kilometers of sewer. I just, I literally, uh, I, I had a couple beers and I just sat down and put sewer pieces together until like I interwinded everything and then I zoomed down. And I'm like, holy fuck. Yep. How do I connect this part? To the... Oh, dear God. Yep. So I put a lot of, like, shit down, and then I just tried to connect as much as I could. Mm. And the things I couldn't connect, I made dead ends because I know that will make my players happy. Yep. <laughs> but for, for for things like that, that's easy. And, you know, with building design, it's pretty easy, too. Like, you can, okay, an office has several, you know, office rooms, like, uh, you know, fuck um boss's room it'll have corner office you know it'll have the copier the like storage closet the break room stuff like that's easy but once you get into like okay how do you fit hundreds of these buildings into a city yeah because that's cities believe it or not are generally what take the longest amount of time to build you don't say jacob but i mean it's a city but even for like world maps with numerous cities it's still easier to like have like like smaller like city markers but still with a couple main things in them than a full city even if your world has hundreds of cities because kind of you know interconnecting all the roads side streets alleys that's that's what gets really hard yeah and one thing to kind of remember about cities, you don't have to do all the alleys. You can do the main roads, because a lot of times alleys won't be marked on maps. No. They'll just exist in the world. Right. So it can make it easy. You can also have outdated maps, too. You could have the map made, like, 100 years ago, so it doesn't have all the newest buildings in it. Yeah. So it's how much effort you put into it is, you know, how nice it's going to be at the end of the day. Yeah. Because you can spend hours on that map and your players, you know... We'll look at it maybe once or twice. Yeah. Or you can put as much effort as needed and maybe they'll start asking where every single building is sort of thing. Right. Because if there's one thing you've probably learned on this podcast, players are the unpredictable factor. Players will be players. Always. Yep. There's no accounting for it. There's no logic to it. And it, it'll just and they will happen. never react to the same thing the same way twice. Yeah. Funny enough, with some of my maps, um, I remember for, like, one of the first Dark Heresy campaigns I did for the, like, virus bomb. Yeah. You know what I used for the front section of this ship? What was that? I used an upscaled map of, like, a cruise ship. <laughs> and it looked pretty good. Yeah. Like, I was just posting sections that they were in, and they were like, wow, this looks great. And I'm like, this is a property of uh, Royal Caribbean. <laughs> Royal Caribbean, yeah. But, you know, it's it's finding little resources like that. Like a hive city. I, f- I forgot what I even used for that. I used some modern city that had, like, sections that were kind of in, like, hex tiles with roads connecting. It was It was weird. Yeah. But, I mean, if you can take something like that and then build off of it, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Because, like, you know, for the Hive City, like, the upper tops will be a lot more planned and a bit nicer. But the lower sections of the Hive City, it's like, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to spill coffee on the paper and trace what the roads look like. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It really is that simple. But then you're spilling good coffee. True. So don't spill good coffee. Spill decaf. Boom. 
you know. Boom. Dark roasted. I'm dumb. Yeah. I think I think we know that. Yeah. People listen to this <laughs> on purpose. It still puzzles me. Doesn't puzzle me. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Also, I mean, we have done a lot of nitty-gritty stuff on tabletop design. Uh, I mean, RPG tabletop design. And Lately. It's, it's hard to find, like, a good place to have all the resources in one. Because that's one. And there will never be a definitive guide to all this. Because yeah. it would be fucking enormous. Like, it'd be... And it's also so subjective. It really is. What I'm saying to do, some DMs might abhor. They're just like, that's just not the right way to do it at all. And you'll be like, well, it is to me. And then they'll like, they'll be like, well, this, is, this is the right way to do it. And you're like, that's fucking bonkers. Why are you doing it that way? <laughs> the fucking, I'm, I'm just imagining like an, another DM doing the like SpongeBob thing from uh, with Squidward where he's like, draw a circle and he draws a perfect head and then he raises the head and has a circle and Squidward's like, uh, but. <laughs> yes that is kind of what it comes down to though like, yeah it is a, this is a completely subjective style of gaming like my my friend john we're, we're similar but he can sit down and draw a fucking map no i can't i can't <laughs> i can sit down and come up with a very in-depth story but he has a little bit more trouble with that right so you know everyone works a little bit differently with how they create their world i mean he can sit down with a city and be like okay you know once i have this here you know this would be a good quest and this could help the story and then i'm like okay i'm gonna make a story and then i'm gonna make a map to match the story right or you can go with the full tolkien route of it is i'm just gonna create a language and oh shit i completely create an entire <laughs> fantasy universe i accidentally a world i accidentally a world which in turn accidentally an entire literary genre oops that is still revered and worshipped to this day. Oops. So, you know, it's... No, don't get ahead of yourself, kiddos. Yeah. That can only really happen once. And overall, like, you'll you'll surprise yourself with the amount of effort you put in and the product you get at the end. Yeah. it It's amazing to, fi at the end, finally see, like, holy shit. That was a lot of work, but it looks good. Mm-hmm. Or, depending on how, it kind of does kind of depend on the quality of the work that's put in, because you can put in a whole lot of work, but if it's not good work, you just stand back, it's like, wow, Time to that looks this. ramshackle as fuck. Uh, the American Dad, where- It's like, is that duck da Are those sutures? <laughs> on a building? Uh, is yeah. that part brick and that's wood? <laughs> yeah. And it's nailed together? The brick and the wood is nailed together with screws. Anything's a nail if you ha hammer it hard enough. Exactly. Imperial Guard. <laughs> when the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, a lot of your, pro your problems start to look like nails. Funny enough, I have more issue drawing rivers and, like, trench lines and stuff like that than I do have building a city. Really? Because you'll look at it and you'll you be like... You have trouble drawing squiggly lines. That's the thing. is because I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh no, that would never happen. Like, that, that's just so stupid. Like, you wouldn't build a trench like that. And then I'm like, but I don't know how to build a... Draw a trench line. Straight. But that's the thing. is If it goes straight for too long, that wouldn't happen. Okay. 
So don't mode it straight for too long. But then I don't know how to how it's too long. I just know that it's not right. There's maps for this. I know. And I look at them, and then I wonder how that ever fucking happened when you look at the trench lines. It's like, that shouldn't have worked, so I did it. And then you got to remember, oh, yeah, it's because a conscript was given a shovel and told to dig, so he just dug until he was told to stop. And they left him unsupervised for too long. Yeah. But hey, at least he was still digging at the end of that unsupervision. Yeah. Because sometimes he just wasn't there anymore. Sometimes he had to dig his way out. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... Like we're digging ourselves out of this conversational hole we found ourselves in. Yeah. So we've done world building. We're done world building. We've done city design. Done dungeon design. Dungeon design. And now we can transition pros and cons of tabletop versus pen and paper. Because this does kind of yeah. fit into that a little bit. Because with, with, with tabletop, you do have these physical maps that you're, and, you're, and your models are moving through. It's a easy way to keep a visual picture of where things are and where things stand, both characters and dungeon. Pen and paper a lot more narrative flair, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, and it all depends. I've found that players who like, and this is a generalization, but I found players who like to go a little bit more by the rules tend to like physical D&D with like models and maps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong about that. It's just that's kind of what it is. And the people who like more the spirit of the rules tend to go pen and paper. Yeah. Because it's easier to explain. So, I mean, for like rules where it's like, you know, you, you can go 10 feet a turn. Okay, well, this square is five feet. This square is five feet. So you can move two squares. Yep. It makes it, it it's it's a different way of playing. Yeah. Um, And one thing about you know, tabletop is you can make your own models. You can build and paint them. Um, there's, I forget what that company is called, but there's a 3D printing company that you can design your own little player model. Mm. And then they'll 3D print it and send it to you. Nice. Yeah. Which, and it's still pretty good quality. Yeah. So it's it's what you like to do. If you like to sit around and throw beer and dice, <laughs> throw beer and dice, uh, drink <laughs> beer and throw dice. <laughs> Yeah, well... I mean, it depends how heated it gets. Yes. <laughs> depends, how, depends how much you've had to drink, because sometimes you might accidentally throw the beer and drink the dice. <laughs> uh, In which case, seek medical attention. Skipping rocks, eating sandwich, bite rocks, skip sandwich, people saw. Yeah. I'd say that happened to me, but I don't go outside enough, and also I don't <laughs> eat sandwiches enough. And so as a DM... Um, it kind of depends. So if you like building little dioramas and maps or drawing paper and like big on big stretches of paper, it's, it can be fun. Yeah. I mean, for me, I absolutely hate making like, I mean, it's weird. I like making tables for like 40 K and stuff like for that, but for making new like maps and tables for each session, it, it hurts. Yeah. Because, for one, you got to get a lot of rulers, or you got to get big, a lot, like, a lot of grid paper. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Whew. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot, but a lot. it's fun. And you can also buy, like, pre-made maps and, you know, mats with, like, maps on them. And it all depends how you want to play. Yeah. 
Um, personally, I find that for, like, in person, um, I will do a whiteboard and then, you know, a GM screen. Yeah. So a whiteboard or, um, like, I've done projectors pointing at a table and projected, like, you know, with a, with a whiteboard on the table and I'll draw. Which is pretty funny because it's easy to throw a grid down on the table, put a little couple markings, and then have people bring the models. Boom. And for things like that, I'm just like, you know what? You have to get your own model. That's the one thing I'm not going to supply because it's, you know, your little personal flair. And you'll generally find that players put a little bit more effort into it. Yeah. Because they'll try to find a cool model for them, their little characters. That fits for their character. And then sometimes you'll have people bring Monopoly pieces. It's like, get out! I applaud you that you have made this joke, but I am thoroughly done with it. <laughs> the show and is not even like accumulated. It brought the thimble. Yes. Just get out. But yeah. So and then, you know, it's it's quite a bit of fun. I find that with physical models, and this is just for me. Some people like it though. It's it's a little bit harder to resolve combat and movement and stuff like that. Cause you know, when you, you can move, you know, only, you know, up and forward or diagonally, it can be a little bit clunky. Right. Cause you know, I'm not going to be inside this perfect square every time. Right. It's not as fluid. And that's kind of up to the GM to decide whether or not you can move to that location or if you can move there. And it's, it doesn't feel as natural to me. Right. Which is why I do a little bit more of the pen and paper style. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it can, at the same time, it's a little bit better for combat. Yeah. Um, you know, for how everything moves, keeping it fair and not biased or trying to, you know, add to the story, whoever wins, wins sort of thing. Right. And you start to get into that territory where it's a little bit more of a tabletop game as opposed to, well, I mean, they're both tabletop games, but tabletop game in the sense that it's more similar to, you know, 40K or Age of Sigmar. Right. Which some people like. And it's all up to the person. Yeah. Um, on top of that, with how some of the rule sets are, so like 5th edition D&D is a bit closer for like a dungeon crawler, which you know, tabletop fits dungeon crawlers a bit better. Sure. I've I've been playing around with the idea to do, like, almost a 40K system where it's movement. You have to measure and move that way. Because I think that would be kind of fun. Could be. Could be. Sounds clunky to me. I mean, is it as clunky as, you know, counting spaces to... I'm just saying. It's a little bit more three-dimensional. Sure. Sure. But... And it's all, at the end of the day, as a DM, find what your party wants to do. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, if they haven't tried pen and paper, show them pen and paper. If they haven't tried tabletop, try to show them tabletop. Mm -hmm. You can always switch. Back and forth, yeah. 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 Or you can go super metal with it and, you know, start on, you know, just go purely pen and paper adventure. I have one dungeon, you'd be transported to another adventure where your characters to play their characters on a tabletop. And so you give them representations of their characters to play on the tabletop. And they play one session just as tabletop instead. <laughs> just go full meta. <sighs> Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Inside of a fourth wall break. That's yeah. like 16 walls. Yeah. Yes, it is. So. I apologize. 
Yeah. But overall, it's a lot of it's everything what I say breaks down to individual what, discretion. what goes to telling your story better. Yeah. Pretty because much. at the end of the day, you are trying to tell the story of the players and whatever helps your players. It's your story. Tell it the way you want to. To continue this podcast, go to page 16. Yes. God, whatever happened to those... Uh, Choose Your Own Adventures? Yeah. I don't know. They were fun. Yeah. Yeah. I died a lot. That's going to be my bibliography, is Choose Your Own Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd make for an interesting bibliography. A biography? <laughs> what you're looking for is biography. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm tired. You just woke up! Yeah. I'm never not tired. Mm, this is true of the human condition. <laughs> anyway. I'm always exhausted. <laughs> One part of being adults, you're, you're tired all the time. Why? Who knows? Some kind of weird stomach pain? I, I can't wait for myself to be a trope of a person who always uses the wrong words and then is being corrected. You start doing it ironically just because he's like, haha, it's funny, whatever. And then you start doing it on purpose. It just becomes a thing, yeah. and you stop knowing the right words for stuff. And right words for things and stuffs and moths. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I think that'll about do it. I think it will. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any suggestions for future topics for general nerd sense or um, lore council or loose brews head on over to our facebook page shield or productions on facebook.com or or hit us up on twitter at the official swp where you can ask about you know questions upon world building map design you know anything. or make jacob make a map for you <sighs> yeah i just threw you under the bus and you'll do it yeah. too you'll do it i'll do it yes you will but i mean i'm, I'm gonna make my map so, it's gonna uh, yeah. Keep mind. <laughs> Jacob's making a map for you. You're, you're playing. Taking, you're playing with fire there. So much fire. But you can hit us up on Twitter at the official SWP, or if you just want to talk and shoot the shit, I'm more than happy to do that as well. And wherever you listen to us, too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever, don't forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already. And we shall catch you all next time. Bye. <laughs>